knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Well, this sucks. Yep. Whatever. What Whatever. up? You're looking a little tanned up. Yeah, you know it. Yeah, call me Frank Sinatra now. <laughs> yeah, I know it was a nice uh it was a nice getaway that's been a couple of years overdue for for Evie and me. So it's kind of nice going down to Mexico for the week. No doubt. I've never been yeah. to Mexico. I don't think you could sit still long enough. So I guess it depends on what you want to go down there for. Yeah, <laughs> you're, some good you're hunting probably, down there. Yeah. Yeah, I showed you some of the animals there. <laughs> yeah, pretty neat. Some yeah. of those. I uh I still gotta look up. I didn't manage to run into anybody from the resort whenever I saw some of those deer. So I'll have to Google them and see if I can find the name for them. They're beautiful. Like to me, they just look like a, a hide of guai instead of a, you know, black tail or it would be like a hide of guai white tail if they had such a thing. Like they're just itty bitty. Yeah. I could have tucked those things under my arm They're but they're beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. They're pretty neat looking. Yeah. So what else did you do down there? <sighs> well, I did a lot of time on the beach and. Did some snorkeling and stuff, but yeah, I couldn't quite, I didn't get out snorkeling. Like I've got an underwater camera and everything. I was going to try to get as much cool stuff as I could, but I had the red flags up on the beaches down there. So for anybody that doesn't go down there, they usually have that, you know, three different color codes for flags on the beaches for when it's safe and when just don't go out there. Mm -hmm. So for half the time that we were out there, the red flags are up. So I don't know if that's jellyfish. I don't know if it's riptides. I don't really care. Red flags are up. I just don't go out. I just grab a book and a beer and uh, yeah, yeah, relax. But it was, it was nice when we did get, get to go out uh, swimming and snorkeling and stuff like that. But we just go down there just to get away from life. We don't really yeah, care. But, Do you guys, yeah. uh, so you go, you hit up these resorts. Is it all like, it's all obviously just resort people. There's no, you don't have to learn any Spanish or anything. I guess just cerveza oh. senor. Yeah, pretty much rum, <laughs> rum, please. Yeah, no, they're they're pretty good about being able to speak English and stuff. And I think if we're going to spend more time down there, you know, it, it wouldn't hurt to learn some some Spanish too, some of your basic stuff, just to help out when you're off the resort. Because a lot of people, once you've been there a couple times, you want to go start checking out some other stuff. It's pretty it's pretty cool what they got, you know, in all the little cities and towns. And resort yeah. life gets boring after a while too. It's nice and relaxing, but you know. I love going and checking out the markets. And then when you go to the markets a few times, it's like, oh, what's down this street? And then you find that mom and pop restaurant that's got amazing food and 
you know, you just start wandering off from there, but it's a little different down there. You can definitely tell that they're recovering from the recession and everything. It's, Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. The difference between a couple of years ago and now, like even at the uh, price and stuff like that of the cab rides, the markets, like once you get used to it, you kind of know what the price, you know, the price differences are going to be and they're up substantially, but I think they're just, and it wasn't that busy. It was busy, but not what I expected. I expected to have a hard time finding, you know, like a chair at the beach and all that kind of stuff. And wasn't like that. So, yeah, I guess, well, COVID probably had a lot to do with it as well. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking that was the major thing and people are just starting to travel again. And so I, I hope, hopefully they get a speedy recovery. We're going to go do a few other things, but there's a lot of road construction going on just in the area of Mexico that we were in. And, uh, few places that we wanted to go out on our own um just our concierge and that's like you know great idea like next time you come do it but basically they were like you're going to spend half your day in traffic just trying to get from point a to point b to go try your stuff right it's like i don't think you're going to enjoy that part so kind of put some ear tags and a few little adventures that we want to go to for for later on is what it is because usually by date you know, on day three, it's like, okay, we need off the resort just to go try something new. Yeah. I guess, like so. you said, if you've been there a few times, then, you know, the first yeah. time you go, it's the resort's probably pretty nice. And then resort yeah. life, I guess, is nice for a week or, but then and after think, you're like, ah, that's right. Yeah. I need to move. That's yeah. You can only, you can only lay down and do that for so much. And it's a little intimidating too, going to a new country and you're not sure, but you start talking to friends and family and stuff like that. It's amazing how many people have been in the area. They'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, go go try this out here, and then uh, keep this place in mind. Go check it out, and you you do that, and then while you're doing that, you keep your eyes open for other places, and yeah, so yeah, and it just gets it gets easier and easier the more you go. But yeah, it's not too bad. Well, that's uh, good. I'm glad you well, guys had a good time. Glad you're back. Okay, no uh, no craziness. You never know. You never know when yeah. you're gonna get stuck somewhere. Or... Well, especially with everything that you see oh, happening, was... like at the airports and stuff, like. Yeah. Yeah. That'd suck. But yeah, no, it's, it's nice to be nice to be home time for some ice fishing and get caught up with life and and start flinging some arrows in the backyard again. Yeah. My wife, uh, she bugs me to go all the time, but I told her we're not going anywhere if if I can't hunt there. So maybe Hawaii hunt access here. Yeah. Yeah. You can hunt Mexico down (laughs) and you can hunt deer down in Mexico and I think elk, but they're not near those resorts. No, no, you're definitely up along the border. I think, man, you look at some of those. Yeah, because even when you're flying in, you look at down at some of the jungle and stuff like that that's down there, like the trees, like you can't see two feet in front of you. It's crazy how thick it is down there. So or at least in the areas that I've been in. Yeah. So, but yeah, pretty, pretty neat nonetheless. Hmm. So have you been out shooting your arrows since you, or your bow since you've been back? No, literally we got back. I've had rod and gun club meetings. Uh, had a chilly night last night. So it's just been like running gun and then back to work full time. So. Yeah. yeah, our nights were finally stays the first day where we don't have anything scheduled. So, yeah, it's just we'll enjoy the morning here and <laughs> go yeah, from there. Go. Maybe go ice fishing or something. And I'll probably shoot my bow this afternoon. It's supposed to be a nice day. Yeah, yeah. yeah Cut the is, backyard uh, cleaned up too. So, I've been shooting in my garage. Uh, finally, I had to take a week and a half off there because of my shoulder, but I've been shooting it. So it feels pretty good. I've just been working on my process. Yeah, we're gonna my release. Just kind of like not worrying about my sight. My sight's not even sighted in, so I'm just shooting 35 feet, keeping it easy. Oh, that's good. How's the shoulder feeling? Oh, it feels fine. Yeah. I'm not overdoing it. I'm shooting maybe like I don't know, 60, 70 arrows. That's all right then. 
That's so, good. Yeah. But no, it feels good. But I, I usually do that every year. I want to just get back to like get back to my get back to the process and kind of like cause just reset throughout the seat, like shoot lots, shoot every day, hundred arrows a day, and then all of a sudden hunting season starts and you don't get to shoot as much. And then you get sloppy. You know what I mean? Like you just easy to develop bad habits. So it's nice just to go like reset, go through the process, worry about your grip, release, all the fundamentals. Let those muscles stretch out too in your back and your shoulders and stuff. That's what I find. I find I can feel it like stiffening up from just from not using them. Yeah. And then getting back to it. And it's like, you know, after 20 shots, it's like, oh yeah, there it is. Yeah. You kind of yeah. wear them in a bit and then it's like, okay, got to stick with this. Yeah. It was nice to shoot. I'm going to lie. It felt pretty good to finally be able to pull it back <laughs> and throw a couple arrows because I don't like not shooting every day. It's yeah. Even if, awesome. especially when you got a new two. toy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard. What did you get again? You I got PSE. That. Yeah, well, I started with that the Hoyt RX7. Yeah, and I set it up, built it, and then I was shooting it, and I didn't like the axle axle. Too short or too long? Too short. So that was that's the thirty inch axle to axle. Yeah, and you know I was running the thirty inch axle to axle on the RX3, the RX4, and the RX5, and I it didn't. It was fine. It didn't bug me. But then all of a sudden, after going to a 33-inch axle to axle, kind of just fell in love with it. Yeah. So then, um, yeah. And then the, they have that Hoyt Ultra, and it's a 34-inch axle to axle. Yeah. And when I was playing around with it, it just seemed a little big, 34-inch axle to axle. Just like even though it's only it. an inch bigger, but I mean, just the bow itself seemed seemed yeah. bulky to me. So I picked up and. I've always wanted to try those those PSE omens, man. There's their speed bows, so That's yeah, cool. it's nice so far. But I haven't really. Uh, the only thing is with a faster bow, and you're using a fixed blade broadhead, you might have uh, it might be a little harder to control the steering. And I was kind of showing you the pictures of the of the configuration because of the low this the um, low brace height on that thing. It's only yeah. got like a five and a half inch brace height. I can't get the I can't get the veins on it like I, well, actually, if I wasn't shooting that Epsilon rest from Hemsky, I would be able to. Yeah. If I went to just a regular, like a PSC or a QAD, I'd be yeah. able to shoot it. And I was talking to, um, I was talking to our man, Greg Poole, and he, he recommended the uh, Prophecy rest. That rings a bell. Yeah, it's an AAE, it, it's an Arizona archery equipment, okay. AAE makes it, so uh fuck but it just never ends you know what i mean like the limber never seen like somebody a... change veins so often <laughs> at least this time it wasn't just a tinker it was like no i need to make it fit <laughs> yeah but i i like this the added steering of four veins over three i've liked it since i switched last year and yeah. i did it just to experiment because my broadheads they were shooting well and I had a couple arrows I had to repair and just refletch. And I thought, well, why not just try a couple with four and see how it shoots with that? And it tightened up my groups with the broadhead and with my setup. Yeah, it exactly. tightened it up. I'm not yeah. saying for everybody, but I'm saying for my setup, it seemed to tighten up my broadhead grouping. And I couldn't argue. It was just yeah. like, done. Well, and see, that's what I'm worried about with this faster bow. And a broadhead, because there's no way in hell I'm putting a mechanical broadhead on any of my fucking arrows ever again. <laughs> so I'm kind of worried about the speed of the bow 
the speed of the arrow with the broadhead with the fixed blade broadhead and just i would i i would just love to have more added steering yeah to that to the arrow right um for, but like i couldn't i talked when greg mentioned that i looked around i couldn't find one anywhere in canada and to buy anything from the states is like it's almost double what they have it listed for so like and then you yeah. got to pay all this extra crap when it gets to your door so it's like and you gotta wait it would have been a 700 rest probably by the time it got here so i was like yeah yeah no so i'm shooting that hemski like the, the hemski is nice like like i love the limb driven rest right yeah like I've, I've had cable driven now for like the last oh man i don't know like i've had cable driven a cable driven rest on like the last probably one two three four five six bows i've had and I really like the limb-driven rest. And I like a lot of things about the Hemski. Yeah. There's just a couple things I don't. I don't like how far it sits back off your riser. And I don't like the fact that it doesn't lock in place. Like you can't flick it up like you can like the prop, like the AAE or the QAD. Yeah. And see, I'm the opposite. I like, I, I run a Hemski as well. I run the Trinity. And I absolutely love mine. Um, but I've seen a few people that I shoot with around here. And I've seen a few of them for whatever reason. Um, I think they've they've got the QADs and they haven't flicked it up or it's popped off and they haven't noticed. And then they go to shoot and obviously shit gets pretty wild at that point. And it's like, oh yeah, I forgot to flip it up where it you know, fell off and it they didn't notice like over the edge or it wasn't quite sitting right. Yeah, because it's that's their the thing fault. about yeah, it's well with fault. It is a little loud. And I I'm just curious, like you move a little bit and you can hear it. Now I put that little cup up, but it still moves back and forth and it's just Okay. Nicking the, the hard plastic on the, on the lift, but they do have a felt liner that I haven't put in. So I'm so, so that would probably alleviate any of that noise. I've got that on mine. And I've noticed that when mine's all the way forward, because when they're properly, when they're set up properly, they're supposed to be all the way forward sitting yeah. flat on your, on your riser there. Yeah. My arrow actually touches, it doesn't, it's sitting in the full containment, Yeah, but it's touching the front of my riser. With the, yeah, with well, the you shaft. have. They come with the little bracket for that. Did it should have been? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But this, I just put a little bit of felt along the whole side, oh, yeah. like the bottom and up the edge there. So no matter if yeah. I'm sitting down and I've got my bow sideways, it's sitting on a different part. Like it's still yeah locked yeah. and loaded, but it's not going to be sitting in that rubber part no matter what. So I just put felt all the way around the edge of it. Yeah, and you see, and, part of the problem too is like with that low rest, with that low brace height, right? my arrow's sitting like this. So it's, do you know what I mean? Like if it had yeah. a longer brace height, it would be doing this, not, not this. Right. And like you, I could technically lower my D loop, but here's the thing. I'm a big fan right now. I'm jumped on like the Levi Morgan bandwagon of centering my bow, centering my D loop in the center of my axles dead center. Cause if you think about like a triangle, right? A triangle like this, you want these two sides to be even so you're getting the same kinetic energy pulling. If you have one like this, right? It's, it's not yeah. going to have the same, it's not going to have the same pull or force momentum. It's going to force some kind of adjustment into your arrow once it leaps the bow. Yeah. Once it gets off the string, it's yeah. going to have other elements of your bow, like your rest, to correct it, right? Yeah. And then the steering of the arrow will take over the butt. But anyway. Yeah. No, it's nice. It's good. We'll see. I'll probably, I don't know when we get Greg on again, I'll, he'll probably talk me into a, a new rest. But like I said, I, you can't find, I can't find any of those, those in Canada. So, and I'm not yeah. paying seven or $800 for a freaking arrow rest. Wow. That's okay. what it would end up being by the time it gets here to Canada. You got, you know, then you got like 
whatever they listed for, they'll list it for 300 bucks, which is, you know, market value for a good quality arrow rust. But then that's American. Yeah. And then you got to pay ta- taxes on that when it gets to the border, plus duty, plus shipping. And you got the time frame too. Everything's slow. Yeah. So you got to wait two months. Well, maybe not for everything, but we'll no, see. No, it's two about months two months. For, yeah. Two months for it to come up. So it's like, you better order now if you want it before 3D season, outdoor 3D. Yeah. Or spring well, bear. Spring bear because you want to have time yeah. to get it all set up and dialed in. Yeah, exactly. So, but like I said, I'm using that for now, but you know, I changed my bow setup. Like I changed my underwear. So once a month, once a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. But I'm put that uh, spot hot back on. Love it. Oh. Oh, speaking of that. Last night at our chili night there, I was talking to, uh, I was telling a couple of our, the guys I shoot with, picked those up this year. Uh, one guy's Like got the triple the, stacks, the ones I'm one, shooting? One guy has a triple stack, the vertical, the vertical yep. pins. And the other guy, he's got the horizontal ones. I think he's got a three pin. Um, horizontal, he, he wanted the vertical, but they didn't have any in and there wasn't going to be any coming in for a long time. Yeah, but the person who has the triple stack has what I wanted, and I didn't think it was an option. The top pin is bigger than the bottom two. It's got the point zero one nine um, pin, the regular size standard pin for your top pin, mm-hmm. and the bottom two are the point zero one zero pins. I told you that, dude. Well, I thought they were all one or the other. That's oh. all I can find online when I look, and it's like pick your pins. It's either one. or or the other yeah. there's never an option that says there's this one here that has the top pin bigger and your yeah other it's two, just like, a different make and they come yeah they come like that out of the package but yeah. it's the horizontal pin but i think if you're going to get different pin sizes you're going no, no, to he's got the vertical pin he's got it on his vertical oh with different size he's the top smaller. pin on his vertical is bigger for your close shots and the bottom two are the smaller ones for your slider do you know what i mean so when you're shooting out farther you have a smaller yeah. pin because that's my problem with the standard pins that I have. I love my I love my sight, but when I'm shooting out to 60 and I'm shooting at the small dots with the standard size pin, it covers up the whole circle. Yeah, no you uh, you got to uh, you need a slider though. Oh yeah, yeah, which is like, what I'm going to. You're over the you're over the fixed blade. Yeah, I mean you're over the fixed pin. Yeah, because that's a five. Yeah, yeah, that's you a need five a slider. Fixed, and I want the slider. Yeah, you need the slider. But I want I want pins. I'd have to go on their web page and look. I'll have to go on their web page and look. I don't know. Yeah. But they have a lot of, they've got a lot to choose from. They got a lot of different options. But from like all the reviews, because I know you're talking about a black gold and like from all the reviews I've watched with the black gold sites and the spot hogs, they all lean to the black gold being better, being a nicer site. When I like, again, you'd have to order that site. It's coming from the States. Who knows what it's, what the final cost is going to be when it gets to the door. You could be five, 600 bucks. Yeah. And I'm going to get it customized at that point, because if you're ordering from their site, you might as well get exactly what you want. I'd get that yeah. revenge head for, you know, um, doing the, the micro adjustments. I would be changing the colored pins. I'd be changing my top two pins would be bigger standard pins. And my bottom pin that would be my slider pin or whatever would be a smaller one so that I can, like I say it, it's 60 yards. My eyes aren't what they used to be, but at some of the small targets, it won't necessarily fill up the whole target. I might have something around, you know, like a ring and be able to see that I'm actually centered in it. Right now, I just cover it up and I'm like, all right, I'm holding steady. I'll let her rip, but I can't actually see the whole circle because it's covering it with my eyes. Yeah, well, with my eyes either, like 100 plus 80 plus yards, I can't actually see 
I can't, I like my, I can't see the rings on the target. Even at like 50 yeah. yards, I can't see the rings at the target, but I can see like the block. I can see enough of the block. And but as you get further and see. further, yeah. I can't, it's covering up the whole block. It's not that I can't see it with my naked eye. It's that pin is literally covering up the whole block of the small ones I'm going after. So I'm hoping with the smaller pin, maybe there might be a halo of block around right. my pin and be like, okay, I'm centered because I can kind of, you know what I mean? I can see the yeah. amount of circle-ish. <laughs> yeah. And it's see like my left eye is better than my right eye. And I was always left eye dominant, but I shot right-handed because my cousin had a bow and I just picked up his bow and started shooting it, right? Like he's the one yeah. who taught me a long time ago. My And my right eye is way worse than my left eye in terms of vision. So it would have been better for me to shoot left-handed, but it's kind of a little late at, yeah. the, little late at the table to switch now. But I, I trained my eyes so my right eye would be dominant. It took about okay. three months to do it. How'd you do that then? So you can actually buy kits to do it. So what they do is they have like little shade covers and they start out really vague and you put them on like I wear glasses. So I put it on my left glass, my left lens on my left on my dominant eye. Right. And it starts out really dark. So you barely can see out of it. Just a blur. You can base all you can really take in is light. Right. And so your right eye is doing all the focusing. You know, you're just looking through your right up through my right eye. And then as you progress, you switch it. Right. And you go less and less and less so you can see more but this eye still has to take over until eventually you're it just this eye learn your your whatever eye you want to be dominant takes over as the dominant eye i did that like because i used to i used to close one eye to shoot like i used to just close my left eye to shoot and then about like 2017 i want to say i i i switched them i found out you could switch them so i did like i i I always thought because like Everybody I talked to, like, no, you can't. You're, it is what it is. Just close your one eye. And I was like, well, I don't like that because of the, it, it's nicer to have both eyes open because you get more light and you can actually see a little clearer when both yeah. eyes are open. I close one eye. I am right eye dominant, though. Yeah. Try opening so, it. I will. Let yeah. It's going to yeah, be hard. At, okay. It's going to be hard at first, but just start out by like so, like this, and then just like barely open it. And it'll yeah. still allow this eye to focus. Now, the hardest thing, like even right now, okay, like right now, I took a week off and like I was shooting. I wasn't shooting as much throughout the winter, right? Because you're getting, you're hunting during the light hours and you're not having, you don't have an opportunity to shoot. Yeah. So I find with myself, my eye gets like the way I look through my, the way I look at my sight and at my target, I get lazy. Now for me to draw back and look, it's, it's really easy for me just to focus my pin on my target and not the other way around, focus on my target and place the pin in front. Yeah. So that's one of the one of the things I'm working on right now is retraining, like that getting that muscle memory back of just steering. Like I'll pick a place on a target, a small dot. My target's 35 yards away, or it's probably even less because my garage is 35 feet. So it's probably 30 yards. I have a small black dot on the target. I'll look at that. I'll focus on that. And then I'll bring, I'll keep my eye focused on that dot. And then I'll slowly bring my pin in front of it. Now, yeah. it, the soon as I want to do that, instantly my eye wants to focus on the pin not the target not the dot on the target so i have to really try and struggle like i have to remind myself like hey stop looking at like i have to focus my eye on the target not the pin placing the target the pin in front of the target and not vice versa so just start by doing that squeeze your eye like just close your eye slowly and just work work on that and then eventually after you do it for a bit It'll start where you're just like everything comes into focus and then you can just keep both eyes open. And once you keep both eyes open, you'll be amazed how much more like how much more light you get into everything. 
into the, your picture, like through your, through your site, through your peep site, and then like through your target. It's interesting. Yeah. It's, I don't think it'll be that hard because I actually shoot my gun a lot of the times. Well, I haven't actually shot my gun a whole lot since I started picking up the bow, but a lot of times I'll, I'll shoot with both eyes open with my, with my rifle. Yeah. And see, that's the best way to shoot. Like if you looked at, if you go to any or watch any sniper school or any training that those, those long range shooters do, they have both eyes open. Right. Yeah. 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 It is. I like to be able to see, like for me, if you're watching an animal and you see an animal and you're waiting, maybe you've got a window or something, you can't shoot or whatever. Even you got your gun ready and maybe it's walking into it and you've got everything set up and up. You know, I like having one eye down the crosshairs. I mean, okay, this is about it. But it's funny how much more you can see with that other eye open, like oh, the yeah. movement. Like you might all of a sudden catch another animal that you didn't see off to the left. Not that it's one that you're going to shoot for, but maybe it's one you got to be wary of. Yeah, you got to be cognizant it's, of its of its presence. So that's, yeah. that's why I like it. Yeah, yeah, it's no, definitely, definitely try that. It's definitely a lot. It's a lot uh, easier. But like I said, you gotta. It's not you gotta work at, it. and that's one thing. Like that's just why I like this time of the year, and that's why I try not to get too crazy. I mean, it is dark, so usually by the time you're done the day, there's not a lot of daylight left to shoot. Yeah. But it, it allows you to go back through all these processes and like just refine your shot, you know, your stroke yourself, and like the simple things that are a lot easier to just to get under control now before you're worried about, you know where you're putting arrows down range. Yeah. I can't remember if it was you or if it was somebody else last year that told me to do that too. focus on your target. And it made a huge difference and it yeah. had nothing to do with opening one eye or the other, or keeping them both open. It was just even for natural, natural pin placement. I found it easier and quicker. As soon as I started focusing on what I was shooting at instead of my pin and bringing, yep. and bringing that up. It was, yeah, it is. It's, it's, well, it's way more, it's way more accurate to do it that way. But the thing is, it's like anything else. It takes practice. You're not like it, it. Anybody who shoots at the beginning, they always, always, I mean, I shouldn't say always, but anyone I've ever met, they're always focusing their pin and in p- placing their pin over top of their target. And then so the target is blurry in the background, but their pin is in focus. But then if you can just focus on keeping your target clear and your pin blurry and then just working it out. So you're always looking at the pin or you're always looking at the target and then you're bringing your pin in front of it. I mean, it's yeah. always going to, your pin is always going to wobble. Like it's never, nobody holds it like dead still. It always has, you know, like a little figure eight or whatever motion they have in their, in their hand. It's just a matter of calming yourself down and getting that, letting, knowing when to let go, you know, at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's obviously one- the more you shoot, the smaller that gets, right? Like, at the beginning, when you're first shooting it, you're wobbly as hell. And then eventually you shoot it after you shoot enough arrows. It doesn't matter how long you shoot. It just matters. Like, I mean, you could, I know guys that have been shooting for 20 years, but they only shoot hundred arrows a day. So, and I know yeah. some guys who shoot a thousand arrows a year, right? So it doesn't matter how long you, sh- I guess for somebody to say, oh, I've shot for 20 years. I know what I'm doing. Well, you've only yeah. shot 15, 50 to hundred arrows a year, if that, or, you know, they yeah, you've put in more more arrows and more time in a couple of years than they have in their lifetime of doing it. Yeah, so you get some people who pick up a bow and they get addicted to it and they shoot, and then after two years they're like, "Oh yeah," but they don't. People are like, "Oh, I've only I've only been shooting for two years," and um, they don't get enough street credit. But I mean, really, it doesn't matter. I think this year too, I'm gonna focus on my breathing too as I'm shooting. I do that a lot with rifles. Obviously, long range shooters really have to do it. You know, like. You're not pulling the trigger as you're exhaling or inhale, like you're doing it at that lull, that that, that point in between where everything's the calmest. Because you actually just watch, like without even shooting your rifle, 
you watch your crosshairs go up and down. It might just be a tiny bit, but they move as you're breathing. It's your whole body. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I'd like to start focusing on that with the bow to see how much of a difference that makes. Like you say, you're always moving a little bit with your hand. I mean, you've got that thing held out in front of you, but we'll see. I don't know. I'm going to experiment with it and just see if there's a sweet spot somewhere when releasing every time, whether it's at the bottom of my exhale, same thing, right at that lull, or if it's going to make much difference. And it's just a matter of you know, Penny, I guess, depending on how long you're holding it too, because the longer you hold it, the more you're shaking too. So yeah, yeah. And same thing with like blinking. I know a lot of people who like, they go to shoot and they're like, their eyes are like welded open. But then after 10, 15 seconds of them sitting there with their eyes open or your eyes start to dry out, right? So yeah, you blink, you let your eyes breathe. Yeah, it's harder to do. If you ever tried that and just the little things like that, though, you never really think about. But just when you next time you're shooting, like just get up, set up, put your eye on the target, give it a quick blink. Right. Like you're set up, look through your piece, like blink. Right. And then focus on yeah. what you're doing. Cause every time you blink though, you, your eyes are going to have to readjust a second yeah. or it's a, well, it's not even a second. It's a microsecond. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So it's going to be fun though, but you know, so you're still on the fence about the spot hog. That's what we were talking about. We kind of well, got. No, I, I think I'm really, I'd say 99.9% now that I know for sure I can find that site the way I want it that uh that i'll go with that yeah it's just like i said like i thought in theory i'd remember remembered him saying that but i didn't talk to him in months but yeah online it just seemed to me like it was like you have this option or this option and that's it and i wanted the mix yeah so and i think i could have swore you and i were talking about that and i said it but the thing is the fast eddie the one that i have yeah. it doesn't have it. it's got because it's a vertical it's got like the pin the it's got a triple stack pin yeah. right and so basically it's just the shaft of the pin with the little light at the end. So the bottom ones, they can't be smaller than the shaft of the first one. That does make sense to me too. That's what right. I was under the impression. Cause way. like you wouldn't even see it. It'd just be black all the way around. Yeah. Which it might not matter at that range down. You're just looking at, cause you're just picking up the. But that is, that is what he does have the vertical stacked pins. So I'm going to have to go take a look at his. Yeah. Because he got them from the same bow shop as like, we all go to the same bow shop that we've talked about before down in Jaffrey. So it's the same person. So I'd have to go look at his pins, but he showed me a picture of them last. I'll have to get, I'll get him to send me a picture of it Yeah, and then I'll send it to you and you can take it. Or the name of it even. Yeah. Just the name of it. And then I can look it up. Which model it is. Yeah. Cause like you can go on there. I mean, but like, yeah, you need a slider. Yeah. And there's a couple other cool features that the spot hog has. That I'm not gonna say yet, just because I wanna I wanna have it on first before I yeah before I say what it is. Pretty cool though. Yeah, it is pretty cool. So that's like if you're on like the 99% leaning towards spot hog, that should put you a good 25% over. Yeah. So I got I talk- something you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know I'd be doing that to you too. Yeah, I know. But it. I got two coming, so even I'll show if, you guys when they're mounted. Yeah. They're, they're pretty sweet. Um, so I talked to, I talked to Rob the other day. He's, he's doing them up. He was at a couple, awesome. couple shows, man, those shows are, uh, I wish I was see next the year. Hey, we should go to St. Louis next year. The ATA show, bring the wives, just go down there for a weekend. I wonder what it costs to go down there. St. Louis. That's a, St. Louis is ways. Of, I'm we'd have to know fly. St. Louis is, that's East. It's more on the Eastern side, if I'm not mistaken. Sorry for anybody who's listening from St. Louis, St. Louis, Missouri, my geography. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like on the East, but I mean, it's more East than the center. Like if you drew a line down the center of the States, 
it's on the east side of that line, but it's not over by like like it's not this it's not the coastal state. Yeah. Go see the golden go see the arch. Maybe watch the blues play. St. Louis. Just be like, see you later. I'm not interested. Go have fun. <laughs> yeah. Like there's sheep be, shows. Interesting. There's sheep shows, there's shot show. I don't have a lot of interest going to shot show, nothing against shot show, but there's like the sheep shows, there's the SI, yeah, like there's a lot of the shows down there, but I think the ATA show, because like I was chatting with a few boys back and forth and like they're sending me clips and shit of like what's like the new gear and stuff. Like really? That, yeah. I was like, fuck, cocksuckers. Stop sending me this shit. I want to go. So yeah, it'd be pretty cool. We should. We'll talk about it more in the next upcoming year here. Yeah. I, it'd be fun to go. Yeah. Just take the wives and uh, fly down. I'll, I'll fly to Calgary. You drive. We'll hop on the plane. The wives can stay in Calgary and we'll take a head off down there. Oh, if you'd probably <laughs> roll me up, kick me out the door and toss my suitcase out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Dean wouldn't later. have a problem as long as I left a credit card or something. That should be like, I don't know if I'd. Yeah. <laughs> it might not be such a cheap trip for you. Really. No, it wouldn't be cheap at all. <laughs> but no, it'd be fun though, man. I see St. Louis. Yeah. I've never. Yeah. Never... I looked it up already. That's where it is in St. Louis next year. Now, does it change states every year? Or... I think it changes venues every year. Like, I don't think it was in. What did Greg say? He was asking me if I was going to the ATA show. And I was like, what? Dude, you know how hard it is to get anywhere in Canada? Like, fuck, man. This, that's this right. This place too. is a prison up here, man. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because they, they were prison. already pretty much wide open and we were still restricted for everything. I do remember that. Yeah, we'll have Canada. to figure it out. I'll have to figure it out. Canada's a country that looks good on paper. And then once you get involved, like once you start opening it up, you're like, holy fuck, man, there's a, there's a lot of issues up here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I went on to, now that I was back from our trip, I headed over to that, uh, had to get onto a hall for wildlife there. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about that too, because right now Canada, I was talking to John about it. He says the Canadian involvement fucking sucks. Yeah. Like what was the goal? I'm going to go on there right now. Like the I goal think it was, was like 1200, 1000 minuscule. And then like, if you look at like the goals, to get to reach for like their the the take action plans that are going on down in the states, they're like we want twenty thousand, we want twenty thousand signatures, and it's like can we just get twelve hundred for the for can, Canadians? Can you just like twelve hundred of you, please? Just like and it's so simple. Oh man, I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now. I plan on going on it. I poured myself a coffee, sat down on the couch. I always have to wait, you know, less than a minute or whatever. Till it's you know cool enough to drink it, and by then I'd already done one action item. Yeah, I happen, you know, like it's that fast and that simple. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's sad. So I don't, yeah, like I don't know, so so easy to do. But uh, and then the thing is, like, we just have a tendency not to do anything, and then like bitch about it later after, and be like, oh, you know, this is bullshit. Why did this happen? How come we didn't have an opportunity to say anything? Or like, I didn't know how to do that. Or I didn't know who to email or I didn't know where to send my letter. Or like, and I've like, you go on to Howl for Wildlife, you click take action, you put your name in and you hit okay. And that's it. Like, it's yeah. so simple. I don't know. Like we have, okay, just hunters alone. We have over a million hunters in Canada. Like how many sports shooters do we have? That's right. Yeah. It's there's a ton. And like how many people that don't even do any of that, they just see this as a fringe upon our human rights. But I know and I get the fact that a lot of people, there's a lot of people don't even know about they're not even aware of HAL for Wildlife, right? So and I get that. But it's like if you are aware of HAL for Wildlife and you have filled this out, send it to text it to all your buddies. Yeah. Because most likely all your buddies are going to be into the same shit that you're doing. And your aunts and your uncles and whoever else, like 
And the fact that it's that kids? simple to set up and to use. Yeah. It, it's ridiculous. And it's great too. You know, they're not sending out a lot of people be like, oh yeah, they're sending out the same email. These government officials are just pushing it aside because it's just spam. I think of this one alone. They're looking at the goal. The goal is 1,200 people. Yeah. And right now it's We're at 1,088. And the fun, okay, now this is the this is the kicker here. The like I have to look up my text back and forth to John, but I think it's like it's the majority of those 1,088 are from guys from the U are from the US. Really? Yes. That's sad. Yeah. Your name, your first name, your last name, your email, add. That's all you have to do. Like, come on, man. It's so simple. Like here. So like, I think it says here, right, I can't, right under I can't this do it action again. item. Um, it says there's already 50 pre-written different messages yeah. that go out. So but the, name, okay, but those go to now. This is gonna reach 215 members of parliament. So every time you do that, every time your wife does it, every time your kid does it, it's going to meet that one of those 50 letters is going to 215 members of parliament. And it's going to be a different one too. Yeah. Well, will be, you'll be different than your wives, your cousins, because every there's 50, so many different ones. They're going to, I mean, eventually they're going to get it, but you know what? Those 215 members of parliament are lazy. They're going to be sitting there. They're not going to read. I guarantee you they're not opening 1,088 no. emails. They're going to look at the headline and be like, oh. Right. They might read the first 25 or first 40, but if they get flooded with 10,000 emails regarding the same and hell have the same subject matter, they're not going to, uh, they're not going to open them all and read them all. I don't, I mean, I, I'd be impressed if one of them did. I shouldn't say they're not. I mean, there is some very active members of parliament. They're just, I just don't see the time of day for them to be able to. No. And, and I can't continue yeah. with their job. And I don't see them having the resource. Yeah. And I don't see them having the resources to just have one designate one yeah. person to reading emails that came from hell for a while. Like, or they don't even come from Hal for a while. If they come from you, so when it goes into the, when it sits in their inbox, it actually shows up as a letter from you. It doesn't show up as a letter from yeah. Hal for a while. Like, like the system is, Charles, he's genius. It's brilliant. Yeah, and you can it do just, your own need more too. Or you can edit what's there. Like it's not like this is all your only choice to send in. You can edit your own on there, and it will still go to all. 215 members of parliament like it's yeah. not like this is the all and end all this is your only option like it's great yeah i it's funny like i wonder why like this is such a bulletproof system like we we use this when we had those 7b issues and the only reason like yeah. if you talk to any of the guys for the, like any of the mlas regarding that, that 7b issue they're like we had thousands and thousands of emails in our inbox and he's like that's what made the impression and like he's like he said, every single MLA and BC got it. Yeah. Every single one. And those because those those their emails are public record. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, I don't know, man. Your voice, I can, your voice I can just see what's yeah. Your I can just counts. see what's gonna happen though. Nobody's gonna do a fucking thing. Yeah. And everyone's gonna bitch and whine and moan when it's gone. Yeah. Did you see like on my Instagram? I put that little clip and it just says, Don't bitch. Like, yeah. I had so many, so many people reposted that clip. Like every time I opened my Instagram, I was like, Oh, you have 25 25 people shared your your post like every yeah. time like but it's, it's true truth. it's like fucking don't sit by and wait for it to be gone and then bitch about you didn't have an opportunity to do anything especially Tell everybody the work's you know done the yeah, work's, the work's already done, done for you. all the heavy lifting's done all you have to do is put in your name and your email and hit add and that's it that's it thank you very much yeah thank appreciate you appreciate your support yeah appreciate your support we just had a million we had one million emails about this so like that should be the goal. One, one million emails. Yeah. You guys like you, the sport, the sports shooters, the hunters, whoever, tell everybody, you know, and just like put it out there. Yeah. These guys are know, our man. muscle. They're our muscle. Yeah. 
it's I don't know. It's those guys like Charles and John, man. They and they, the thing is too is like, you know, I I talked to John quite a bit, and like John's working his ass off. Same with Charles. And this this is a this is an issue in Canada, and they get very little like they're getting very little support. Like, how many Canadians are going on their are going on the howl for wildlife and taking action for a New Jersey bear hunt? Really? Yeah. I mean, I go on there and all the time, and I fill it out and I put my I fill it out just because I want to help out. And like I know other people, I know you do, and I know other people yeah. to do, but not enough. Yeah. Like we should be 100% of the hunters up here should be supporting the hunters down there and vice versa. They have over 15 million. They've got over 15 million hunters down there. Yeah. So if we get their support, like we only have 35 million people in Canada, right? That's almost yeah. half of our population we'd have supporting us for pro hunting issues. And the thing Think too is that. like, even when you sign up, it's not like you're signing up blind. There's a description. There's a story. Everything about it is there. The yeah. facts are there. You can read it. Think and about so you know exactly what's going on. But just think about that for a second. If there, if something try to get sh- like there's 35 million people in Canada and we have we take the million hunters that we have here and the over 15 million hunters they have down there. That's over 16 million hunters. That's almost half of our population. If something if we have any issues up here in Canada regarding hunting or fishing or anything in the outdoors and all of a sudden we had six over 16 million people, half of our country worth of people supporting us everything would get shut down like all this other b shit bullshit about bear hunting and all this other crap would get squashed the politicians would be worried about their jobs I mean, like, oh we yeah. can't slide this under the table we better actually take this seriously yeah well we got half a country's worth of people against us like that that's a big that's a big number yeah if we that's... just get too much on like there's just way too many hunters and hunters that are uninvolved with what with issues regarding the thing that they love to do more than anything and it yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's funny. And there's the other aspect of it too. Sometimes I find, and I run into this with our Rod and Gun Club. I, I am blessed to have the volunteer support at our Rod and Gun Club for all the different conservancies, uh, conservation stuff that we do and, and everything else. Um, but I find the older generation, they join the Rod and Gun Club to help out with all these issues because their life, um, their careers, everything were in the outdoors for the most part. They were outdoorsmen and outdoors women. And I'm finding now as we switch over to a lot of computerized things, even with registration and all that kind of stuff, there's a lot of the older generation really isn't on the internet. Like they, they have, you know, they just have issues with, with computers and stuff like that. So there is that aspect. And then you look at the new generation that's out there and there's a lot of the new generation. We've got kids, so we see it. Um, there's a lot of the new generation that wants everybody else to do something for them, and yeah. they don't want to take the action themselves. And that's yeah, the part they that don't want to do to any. Of the, they don't want to do any of the work. Yeah, I know it's tough. Yeah. We got a bunch. We got an older generation that. But I mean, they can they could figure it out. Yeah, like if my dad can figure it out, anyone can figure it out. Well, and you can get some help too. Once you're set up, it's easy. Yeah. I can well, see yeah. being intimidating to set up, but then it's just like, Oh, that's it. And be like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And so. if you do have a little bit of extra, like become a member of Hal for wildlife, they have a lot of good, like, and we're not sitting here. I'm not sitting here blowing Hal for wildlife. I like, I love this. I love what they represent. I love what they're doing and I love their system. But, um, you know, if you become a member, you're definitely going to help out. You're going to be able to keep that train rolling. Yeah. yeah and they're helping everybody. They're not everybody, everybody, everybody. They're everybody. U.S. They like, they never like John's been to, well, maybe Charles has to like, I was going to say they haven't even been to Canada, but I know John has, he's hunted up here. Charles yeah. probably has, he's a badass hunter. So, 
but they're yeah. like yeah they're just they're going out of their way like john he's got he runs multiple businesses and he has a tv show he's got a podcast he's got kids at home like he has a lot on his plate and he's still taking his time out of his day at 11 o'clock at night to help canadians out you know what i mean he's working on issues up here to support us at 11 o'clock at night so i mean like come on yeah <laughs> take two minutes like not even take 30 seconds and fill the fucking thing out yeah yeah, you'll be happy in the long run. Everybody else will be happy. They're going to help us. We're going to help them. Yeah, yeah. It just, yeah. Like you say, keep the train rolling. Yeah. Yeah. So what else we got? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, man. I think I talked you're, to you You're tanned. Bit. I'm tanned. Ready to go shoot. Going to go do some ice fishing. We got the ice fishing derby next weekend. Right. I was going to ask you something, too, and now I'm just like... Have anything to do with gone. those... I was talking to you about those uh, arrow inserts you know the trouble with okay like you and i talk every day this is the hardest thing i find (laughs) we talk every day and it's so hard because like our conversations we have better conversations between you and i than we do on the podcast just because it's (laughs) like like we get into stuff and then it's like well it's hard to re like to have that conversation again after we've already talked about yeah we need to just get like recording device like i don't know if you could do like just on our (laughs) phones record it and then just I could just like I could just filter it through and play it on for the podcast. You'd hear Evie in the background. Oh, you're talking to Kevin again. <laughs> uh, she loves me. Oh yeah. I heard her flip on your Instagram there. I heard the I don't want to hear any bitching and complaining this morning or last night, whenever it was. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's right. What? You want to hear his voice too. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. So true. Um, well, we were talking about arrows there at the beginning, but uh, the other day we were talking about uh, those inserts. Uh, it's like an insert weight system by, yeah. by uh, Gold Tip. Yeah. And I'm Kyle, super Kyle's using, in that. yeah, Kyle's using that. They're using those. Yeah. And him yeah, and I went into that. Yeah. Him and I, him and I went into detail about those. We were talking about those. Those look pretty okay. slick. Yeah. So you can basically add weights. And you can add them to your knock too if you want more weight on your back end. Yeah. And they have a, a really a long your Allen wrench. Yeah. So your your insert actually has a threaded portion on the back end. So you can take your knock out and stick a weight up there or weights and literally screw them in. And you can mess around with your FOC until your arrow flies the way you want it to. Yeah. And it's not like once you cut it and once you put your insert in, you're done. And your weights and you glue them all in, you're one and done. And you can really mess around. I was like, that's brilliant. Because yeah. now it's like, it's like, oh, I shouldn't have. Well, and you can stiff it. Like you can, if you, you can stiffen your arrow, you can add a FOC, right? So, which yeah. is nice, which I went higher FOC this year than I went last year. So I'm going to have a not as, so my arrow is not going to be as flat shooting. But what I'm going to do with my setup with my site this year, and I think I've already told you that. So the very first thing I do when I go outside is going to be, I'm going to lower my 40 pin because I it has a 20 30 and a 40 pin on that triple stack. Yeah. And you can adjust your 20, your 30 and your 40 pin manually, right? You just adjust the set screws. You loosen the set screw and then you adjust it and then the whole pin slides down inside the housing without your housing moving. So I'm going to lower my 40 pin all the way to the bottom as low as it'll go. I'm going to sight that 40 yard pin in. Now I'm just going to use the sight housing, right? To get my ele- to get my elevation my windage doesn't matter have my windage like i always set my windage in first no matter what i'll go yeah. set my windage in so i'm going to lower my 40 yard pin as low as it'll go and then i'm going to use the housing dial like i'll use the dial to adjust the housing and get that sighted in perfectly once that's sighted in i'm going to move up to 30 
And then I'm going to manually sight in the 30 yard pin using the set screw and the dial in on the pin itself, not touching the housing. And then I'm going to do that for the 20 as well. Now, the reason I'm going to be doing this is because it's going to allow me more clearance from the bottom of my sight housing and my arrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if when the thing is, when you get down to yards of 180, 100 yards, depending on your how heavy your arrow is, you have to lower your sight housing a lot to make sure you get enough flight. But the problem is when you're doing that is if you lower it too much, your veins will hit the bottom of your sight housing. That's right. So I'm going to do that. Like that's how that's going to be my process this year to give me a little extra clearance on my veins. And I'm using a blazer vein, not one of those hybrid veins. And those blazer veins are higher than those hybrid veins. Yeah. But I'm having a really hard time because, man, I just love those four fletched. Like I love the four fletched veins. Yeah. With those, like I just, it's, it's going to be. It's going to be tough. We'll see how long I can hold out. It'd be interesting to see how it turns out though. Like once well, it's going to be actually... the, yeah, like it'll, it's going to give me more clearance, right? Cause all, right away, what I'm doing is I'm raising the bottom of my, cause I'm lowering all the pins, right? So as you lower yeah. the pins, you have to raise your sight housing because your, your line of sight isn't going to change, right? You're, yeah. It's going to be where it is. But as you lower the pins, you're raising the bottom of your sight housing. So it's automatically, it's going to give me a little clearance. Now it's not going to give me a lot. I'm talking maybe an eighth or three sixteenths of an inch, but that is going to make a difference. Yeah. Right. That's a lot downrange. Cause last year, last year I could tell when I put, when I popped it out to like 120, my veins, you could, my veins were hitting the bottom of my sight house and you could hear it. Yeah. Whack, whack, whack. And how yeah. heavier are your arrows again? You're a little heavier. No, so I'm, I'm running the exact same arrow as running last year. Same, obviously yeah. same length because my draw length hasn't changed. Yeah. I put a wrap on the back end Yeah. and I'm running a 150 up front broadhead yeah. last year i was running a 100 grain broadhead and no arrow wrap so i'm probably like 32 grain 32 grains heavier okay yeah because i'm sitting in the mid 400s well actually hold on i took a vein off so right now i'm probably sitting at like 26 grains heavier okay then you're gonna I'm, try four back to four well I, unless I, I have to switch my arrow rest to do that that's right. Because I don't have enough clearance. My arrows don't clear, right? My veins don't clear because that brace height is so small. My veins are actually sitting inside yeah. on the rest. And I just, I mean, I don't like that because it doesn't sit like on those. They have that little groove where your actually your shaft sits, right? Yeah. And mine doesn't sit on that. It kind of like sits on the side. It flops off to the side because the veins are sitting on there and they're not, they can't balance on there perfectly. So they, it'll flop to either the left or the right side. Yeah. And I just don't like that. I mean, like, as soon as you draw back, it's going to pick it up, but I just don't like it flop around because it's like it, it, you have the, you run the opportunity of making a little extra noise or right. And like, I mean, as you well know, any little tiny noise is going to, yeah, is going to, you know, it could blow you out like it did with that elk in your quiver. Yeah. No, I hear you there. That's understandable. So, well, I guess we'll see once you get a new rest or if you get a new rest or whatever well, yeah, transpires I mean, and see what the difference is. And yeah, I mean, I, you could, they do make those QAD rests, but again, I couldn't find one for the PSC because the PSC yeah. does have that dovetail where they yeah. put them on, but I didn't find, I couldn't find any of those. And I, I don't know, I kind of over the QAD. I don't know. I shot them for quite a while. Yeah. Well, we'll yeah, see. I'm, I'm hoping if I get some new arrows this year, I'm undecided if I need any or not. We'll, I'll figure it out as we go along here and I might try those, those inserts from gold tip. So at least I have the option of playing around with different weights and stuff like that, right. you know, or whether I run our lighter arrow, but the total weight is the same and just run a little more weight up front, you know, like even it out, but it's got more 
punching power. I have to talk to Kyle about that a bit more if he finds he's getting, even though it's the same weight, but he's running more weight up front. Yeah. If he's running a lighter arrow, if he's going to get more punching power, or if it's still about the same, but it just allows him more adjustability if he so chooses. Yeah. He shoots the bow tech. He's shooting that 34 uh, inch axle axle. Yeah. Um, and we run almost identical setups. I've talked to oh, him before. Right? Yeah. yeah. We're within a couple of grains of each other. And yeah, I think yeah, he shoots for bow tech and he shoots for gold tip. Yeah. And he's, he's going to be heavy into the 3Ds, he said this year. Yeah. He's good. He's an amazing shooter. I know his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a good buddy, Jordan, there. He said, uh, he mentioned when he was on that uh, is like his, it's his setup, man. So I'll have to connect with him. Yeah. Man, cool. it was funny. Like, we were talking, Kyle and I were talking, and like, so this show is going to go on before the one with Kyle and I. So people listening to me right now aren't going to have a fucking clue what I'm talking about. But like, I was looking at the, because I always look at the clock just to kind of gauge how long we've been going. And all of a sudden we got into archery and I, and I looked at the clock. We were just starting a conversation on archery and it was like five to, I can't remember. We did it in an evening. I think it was like five to eight. And all of a sudden we just get going. We get lost in the conversation and I looked down and it's like quarter after nine. And I was like, oh shit, dude. <laughs> we'll get him on again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. All right, man. I don't know. I just wanted to connect. You're all tanned up. I'm all tanned up. You got you got some stuff happening here in a couple days. And yeah, I go for knee surgery. Yeah. Holy fuck. A little nervous. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna have to sit on my uh, well, I don't know what the heck I'm gonna do. But come out ice fishing. I'll give you a seat and we'll turn yeah, the heater we'll, on for you. I like I'll slip on the ice, blow up my other. Don't worry. I'll film it. I'll post it. <laughs> Hear me chuckling a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I gotta. <laughs> So I'm going to, they said, no, like I can't be on it for three days and I'm going to be on a crutch for a while and then three months until I can actually do stuff again. So, well, seeing that, especially if you're in your, if you're in your garage it's still be able to shoot at least, you know, once, oh, yeah. once some of the pain, you know, and which is great for practicing from a sitting position too. Oh yeah, you know, or, definitely. So I'm going to be shooting. I'll be able to shoot. I'll just shoot in my garage. So yeah. So that'll be all right then. Yeah. Yeah. All right, buddy. I'll let you go. Talk to you later. Okay, guys, I want to thank you again for tuning into the Focus Hunting Podcast. It's coming at you as part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. Quick shout out to the sponsors of this show Vortex Optics, the best in optics, period. AKU Boots, yoke to your feet. Now, if you guys go check out the uh, show notes, um, you're going to find some promo codes, use them, save a bunch. And uh, if you guys could please leave us a rating and review, we really appreciate that. And uh, until next time, love you guys. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.